Hello and welcome everybody to That's So Funny. Today I am joined by Tony. He is one of my Twitch dads. The other one, you are, if you've listened, you know has already been on the show. Uh, but he is my second Twitch dad and he is a streamer and entertainer on Twitch.tv. You can find him on Twitter and Twitch under xtony underscore t underscore x. Tony, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for being here. How are you doing today? Thank you very much for having me. I'm well, thanks. So we were kind of talking uh, right before we started about how dialogue should work. And it's funny because I think a lot of people on Twitch or the, any streaming service don't realize how dialogue or even relationships should work sometimes. And it's something that, I mean, how long have you been streaming again? I think you've been streaming for like three years now. Just a little bit over three years, yeah. Okay, because I think I started maybe a couple months before you. Because um, I started in March of 2016. Yeah, I started in April of 2016. Okay, wow. I didn't, see, I didn't know when you exactly started, but I know when you got partnered. I, re I remember when you got partnered, you had said something like, I've been streaming for this long, and I, I kind of did the math, and I'm like, I think we started right around the same time. Um, But I think a lot of people that are, I mean, not even just new people, but just people in general, they they don't know how to have like genuine relationships, you know? And so they don't know how to have a dialogue between two people. It's, you know, like me, you and other people that we, we know on Twitch that we are friends with. I think we have genuine like conversations and genuine interactions. Uh, but I think some people, you, it's so funny when people come into like Twitch chat or like they hit you up in your Twitter DMS or whatever it may be. You, I feel like you can almost instantly know that if they're genuine or not, you ever get that feeling? Sometimes, I mean, it depends on the person. I, I when you say dialogue with people, it since I'm a little bit older um, than most people you'll find on Twitch, uh, I feel like you know, learning how to listen to somebody else really helps. Yeah, I agree. I I think that is a skill lost on most people. I. What, I think there's something that says, I forget what the saying is, but it's something like, instead of waiting your turn to speak, try to actively listen to the other person. <clears throat> and I think some of that is somewhat due to social media because, I mean, especially on Twitter, I see people, you know, they just like kind of like, they see a tweet and it could be part of a thread or just a single tweet and they f just fire off this response, and it's like, did you even read the whole tweet, or did you read the attached article, or whatever it may be? It's like you didn't really, you didn't listen, you know, you didn't, you didn't read or listen. And I think listening is, or active listening, is a is a good skill to have because, kind of like what you said, you know, you come from a different era. Because I'm I'm 30, and I know you're, you're a little older than that. You're old enough to be my dad. I know that. Um, <laughs> um, but it's, it's funny because I do think, you know, someone your age, when you were growing up, you, to talk to someone, you had to physically either go to them or write a letter. Both, both interactions require you to either listen to them and like actually have face-to-face -face conversations or you have to read their letter. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm not trying to like be funny or anything, but that's, that's how it was, you know? We did have telephones. Oh, yeah. I forget about that. <laughs> you mean you were alive after Alexander Graham Bell? Yes, after. <laughs> Dude, I, 
I totally spaced on phones for a second because I was thinking smartphones. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, they didn't have phones. I'm an idiot. <laughs> That's great. Um, <laughs> he goes, we did have phones. <laughs> Tony's like, we had more than spoke signals, Neil. Thanks, bro. Um, we didn't have to send smoke signals. Come on, man. <laughs> no, that's great. But okay, that makes sense. But even even phones, you're still talking to them, you know. Uh, and it's not it's not this typing it out. And when when you talk to someone, you can hear inflection. You can hear you can typically hear intent. You know, if you're listening, you can you can feel these things uh, in their voice. But when you're typing, some of that is lost. And I've I've actually found that I've had to tell people that I'm joking, which I hate because I'm like, that ruins the joke. If I have to tell you it's a joke. Uh, I also do a lot of deadpan humor, but anyways, so on Twitter, sometimes I'll say something and people are like, why would you say that? You know, that's not funny. And it's like, that's, it's a joke. Like the whole pineapple on pizza thing. I was talking about this the other day, the whole pineapple on pizza thing. I'm like, you get it that it's a joke, right? I don't actually care if you put pineapple on your pizza. <laughs> I, I honestly could not care less if you do. It's a joke. It's like it's something funny to, you know, to have this crazy stance about, you know? It, oh, there's there's people that take it relatively <laughs> seriously, and I'm like, you really don't have a whole lot going on in your world, do you? <laughs> What's well, kind of like when people, you know, get up in arms about like certain games and things like that you know they're like oh you think this game is dying well what about this game and it's like that's dude i'm not trying to trash the game you like i'm just telling you you know this game i was talking about destiny 2 but or sorry division 2 like division 2 is for lack of a better word kind of dead compared to what it used to be or what it could have been you know because i mean when it came out it had a ton of players, and I I had really high hopes for it, but it's it's just died out because they haven't they haven't done much with it, and you know I don't want to talk a lot about Division Two because I've talked about it before. It's just you know games do that. You know the thing thing same thing happens with like any game if they don't put out content for it, eventually it'll kind of die out, you know, and fall away unless it's like a repetitive PvP game. I don't think I think you need constant content to keep players entertained or at least something, you know. Like yeah, the, I mean, it took it took Division One a long time to get traction and to have enough for the community to do exactly. Uh, yeah, to put it to where it ended. I mean, a lot of people like to remember how it ended and don't remember how it started. Division One started just like Division Two started. There was only certain things to do, and there was just this and this and this and this, and that was about it. So you know. I would say that they they'll get around to it and they'll they'll flesh it all out and in another year or so it'll be this big thing and there'll be plenty of things to do and people will be playing it. So yeah, you know, um, right now it looks a little lackluster, but you know I I have faith that they'll they'll figure out what they want to do and give it to us. Definitely, and I mean, and kind of like to keep on on the topic of like having a dialogue or a conversation with people. I feel like the devs. Game devs in general, not just for any specific game, but game devs in general have done a better job about being open to the players. Because I feel like a couple of years ago, game devs, they were trying to do this like kind of two-faced thing where it's like, oh, we'll show them what we want them to see, but in reality, we're doing this other thing. And 
I feel like for a couple of games in my recent memory, they've been like completely open and it's worked out really well, you know, like with their intent and like where they're going with the game. I would agree. Um, I would say that uh, for the most part, game developers, studios, publishers are realizing that, hey, one, that social media is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. um as far as the popularity of your game and two that it's good to get on there and just feel the pulse of the community of your game yeah you know go on reddit go on twitter go on whatever social media you want to look at whatever it is instagram whoever facebook whatever it is go there read some of the comments read some of the thoughts good bad and indifferent read them all and understand where your community is so that you're in a better place to try to meet some of those expectations. Exactly. And I, it's funny. I remember, uh, I forget what game it was. I believe it was realm Royale. I think this person came to me and they were basically like trashing or complaining about the game. And I've had this experience in a couple other games that I've, I've played, but people will come to me and they're like, why is this like this? This is stupid. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, look, the best thing you can do, honestly. Oh no, I remember what it was. Uh, they were, they were sending bug, bug feedback, like bug bugs, like, you know, that are in the game to the community manager. I'm like, that's not really what they're there for. I was like, you need to use the, the form for that. You know, that's what that's there for. And they're like, Nope, that's his job. I'm like, I don't, think you know what a community manager does and then i proceeded to explain i'm like they're just a mouthpiece you know or a almost like an, an ambassador to the players from the game it's not they're not there to do bugs and stuff and i think the the misunderstanding of like what a uh, community manager does really gets out of hand sometimes because people i mean i do understand why players look to them when stuff goes wrong but I think they uh, people tend to overestimate what their powers are. I'm like they're simply just a, a an in between between us and the the actual developers of the game, you know. Yeah, I think people have uh, people in general have a perception of a community manager being okay. Since you're the face of the game, you're the guy I go to with all my problems. You're Fair the guy I go to when things are good. You're the guy I go to when things are bad. You're the guy I go to when you know everything about this game i talked to you about yeah it's like if the game is bad it's your fault even though exactly you're just a community manager it's like um, bro i do not write code <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny because uh i remember somebody uh i think it was broman professor broman he gets the question obviously a lot of well with twitch if you know streaming stops tomorrow what are you gonna do and he basically said he would I think one of the things he said he could do well would be a community manager uh, and like, you know, setting up events and stuff like that because he's like, I kind of already done that, you know, with uh, guardian con or game expo now, but it's funny because I think a lot of, I think that's something you have to be good at as a streamer uh, is kind of like managing, managing not just events, but your community. You have to be a community manager of sorts to even be a streamer. So if you if you take your idea of like, you know, I, I don't think I, I don't think a lot of streamers realize that 
that when they're speaking to a community manager for a game that you kind of have to treat them like a streamer in the sense of like they they definitely care about you you know it's like just because they may not agree with you or they're not doing the thing you want they still care about you because you are part of their community now if you're being an asshole they may not care about you but sure but if you're being genuine, they're definitely going to care about you. It may not go the way you want it to. You know, just because a streamer is not playing the game you want doesn't mean they don't care about you and want you around and kind of hang out. It's just, uh, it's odd, you know? Perception versus expectation can be challenging, especially in a community manager, a community developer, or whatever kind of position. Anything that has to deal with the public, especially on social media in these days, can be very, very challenging. And to me, I, I'm astounded uh, at the level of professionalism by a lot of the community managers because uh, they just have to eat hard. shit all day. Yeah. They just get dumped on all mm -hmm. day long. And you're like, wow. I mean, I remember my days in retail and I did not like, you know, being dumped on when somebody had a problem and just to have you know 500 a thousand 10,000 people dumping on you every day would be just overwhelming to me <laughs> yeah um i saw a recent post by uh dmg04 the uh for destiny 2 when the recluse and one on mass uh, nurse came out he tweeted something like I have never seen a community respond this positively to to a nerf than this. And I'm like, hey, man. I was like, y'all, I mean, honestly, they knocked it out of the park. You know, like you nerfed the, the best gun in the game. You, you nerfed it, and you did a good nerf. You didn't just nerf it in the ground. You did a small nerf. We can see where it goes. You nerfed the, the exotic that's most used in, in uh, PvP. And then they also buffed one of their newer exotics that just came out in the most recent uh, update. And uh, I was really happy because I was like, I'm so glad people are being positive about this. Even though there were people that were complaining about the nerf. I'm like, whenever I hear someone complain about a good nerf, I'm like, you must just be really bad at the game and only use that weapon. But that's how I think. Um, I did want to ask you, so you've been streaming for a little bit over three years. Uh, other than like the day you got found out that you got partnered, what do you think the happiest day you've had stream-wise is? Or like happiest um, moment? There's a few. Um, first donation. Oh, you, know, you, you remember uh, that? Dude, I feel so bad because I do not remember my first donation. Yeah, first donation. I don't want to say the person. That's name, fine, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the first donation was, uh, was amazing. Um, uh, first sub first sub i remember uh that was amazing um now you, you know that did you use game wisps or anything before you got partnered yes i used um shoot what was the name of that thing uh i think it was game wisp I yeah that was like was the game big wisp. one that everyone used i remember yeah, game wisp was awesome because they only <laughs> right after uh right after Right after I really got started with Game Wisp is when I got affiliated, so yeah. I didn't use it for very long. That's how I it was for it. me. Um, <clears throat> Game Wisp was great, man, because it was a third. It was the only way a non-partner could get subs. And I remember 
they took such a small portion of your sub. It was like a dollar. And I remember when the affiliate program came out, someone told me, <laughs> they're like, I'm going to keep using GameWiz because they take less money. I'm like, yeah, but you can't really use those emotes that, like, I, I was like, being an affiliate is way better than using a third-party service, in my opinion. But, um, dude, I, I feel so bad because I don't remember... I feel like Forrest Gump. I remember the movie Forrest Gump when he's like, I don't remember my first blah, blah, blah. blah. I don't remember the first time I did this. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I do remember the first time I heard the voice of the most beautiful girl in the world or something like that. But I don't remember my first donation. I feel bad. Uh, I don't remember who my first sub was. I remember the first few people who subbed to me once I became affiliate. I, I know I know who they are. Um, but I don't remember who my first sub ever was. Uh Oh, also, um, I'm sorry. I'm going to add one more. Uh, Go for my it. first, my first big host. Yes, I remember my first big host. It was actually from someone who, well, define big host. What are we talking like over a hundred people? Yeah, this was like three hundred people. Okay, my first big host like that was from someone that got banned from Twitch. For oh, wow, yeah, they did some stupid stuff. I it's funny because when the, when the when it came out. I hate I hate to use this term, but are you familiar with the term cancel culture? No, actually. Okay, so the term cancel culture is very big. It means when so have you, uh like Kevin Spacey, you know, all these people that have these allegations, you know, uh against them. People quote unquote cancel them in the sense like I'll never, you know, watch another movie by that person stuff like that. Oh, okay. 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 Um and it, I didn't know it was defined that way, but I know what that means. Okay. Yeah. So like there, there are some people when stuff comes out against them, you know, like Louis CK, for instance, he, his allegations, people were kind of like, it's actually more like 50, 50, I think. And anyways, so cancel culture, I, I kind of canceled this person when the information came out, uh, with, without looking into it more. To be fair, it ended up not being good, <laughs> so I didn't I didn't feel bad that I did it, uh, but I was kind of quick to judge them. Even though it turned out that I was right, I still I still don't like to be quick to judge someone. You know, I kind of like to get all the facts and make my own opinion. Um, but they were my first big host. I remember my first like big donation, my first big big donation because it was from someone that I I'm still friends with today. They uh. They dropped me like a huge donation to, to uh, I believe it was to go to the first, my first Guardian Con, and that was really cool. Did you ever get to? Have you ever gone to Guardian Con? You haven't, right? You've just gone to TwitchCon. No, I have not. It's it's just way too. One, it's right up by my wife's birthday, so you know mm. that's. Hey, honey, let's go to a convention where I'm going to have fun, and you're going to walk around and follow me around all day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's for your birthday. Happy birthday! <laughs> well, it is so, in Or it know. is or, it is in Orlando now, and I will say the yeah, convention we've to, hours. We've been to Orlando. Okay, and, uh, we went there for a a convention, as a matter of fact. Uh, but we were both involved, and we ah, were, you know, all that's this, a lot more fun. All this kind of thing. It was a lot more fun. Um, so. Although I will say she did go to TwitchCon with me and she did enjoy her time at TwitchCon. That's and cool. She went one day. She went on the Friday and uh, spent all Friday with me and she enjoyed it. Now, I don't know if she'd enjoy three, four days of it, but, you know, she enjoyed one day of it. 
I want to. I'll, I'll wrap back around to your wife in a second. Um, but yeah, regarding Con Man, I I love the convention, right? I think it's really cool. I think or Gaming Expo now is what it's called, but I think it's really cool. The only complaint I have about it is it's literally in the worst weather state for the summer. Like Florida is miserable in the middle of the summer, man. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've I've been to Florida maybe a couple of times. No. I've been to Florida three times now, um, during the summer, and all three times it's been miserable. I went once. I forget what year we went. I think it was September, October, August, September, October, somewhere in there. Yeah, see, that would be a lot better because by that time it's not, it's kind of cooling off, you know? And it, it's still warm there. It's still, you know, 70s, 80s. But, man, when I went, it was just like 100% humidity all day, you know, 80, 80 to 90 degrees. And it just, it just feels miserable outside. Even at night, it's like... It just feels like a st- like you're in a bog, <laughs> you know. You're just walking through a swamp. <laughs> it, it's terrible. Um, but no, about your wife. Do you, have you found that? Well, I guess you really wouldn't know the comparison, but I was going to ask. Uh, I guess I, I guess it's very uplifting, and it's going to be a good feeling to have a you know a significant other that supports your decision of, you know, hobby, uh, or career. And streaming because I feel like there are people, you know, I mean, again, Professor Bowman, he's talked about that before. Like he, he's had, he had a wife that didn't support it at all, you know, and I've seen other people talk about it and it, I, I feel like that's gotta be like super, a super shitty feeling from those people. Like I love this person yet. They don't support my dream or, you know, this thing that I do. So I'm guessing uh, in your case, it must be very nice to have a, a wife that supports it. It's when I decided to uh, to think about, you know, possibly start streaming, right? Mm-hmm. First thing I did was I sat my wife down and I showed her uh, a stream and I said, this is what this person does and this is, this is what they do. This is their job. She goes, really? She says, well, what did they talk about? I said, well, listen, he's talking about the game. He's talking about life. He's talking about, you know, how people stay, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Just general conversation. And she's like, you could do that. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a great, that's such a great response. And I said, I think I want to try it. She says, go for it. She said, you like to talk to people. You like to play video games. Go, go, go have fun. So I started streaming and, you know, three three years plus later i'm i haven't looked back yet yeah i think it's already being in a relationship it's it i think you you definitely handled it perfectly you have to go to them like hey you know this will take up a good portion of time because i think that's i think that's what it is is you know relationships are mostly about time and you know communication time Uh, management and communication yes exactly and it's funny because I'm I'm not in a relationship and I think about it like you know if I would because I'm not actively pursuing a relationship but if I were to go you know on a date or like start talking to someone would I tell them I mean I I know I I the question I ask myself is do I tell them like up front like hey I do this thing it's like obviously I do because there's no point in not doing it it's part of you. So. Exactly. It's like I, you know, it's like <laughs> it's like I may not do it as much if you know I was in a relationship, but uh, it's it's tough. I think because, like you said, time management. 
that's what a, that's what also what a stream is. You know, you have to have a schedule. You have to you don't have to have a schedule, but you you devote so much time to it a week. So you're kind of in a relationship with your stream, and then you add another relationship on top of that. It's like you know, I'm getting more relationships, more more obligations, but I don't have more hours of the week. So I think I think it just it's another stressor, you know, because like especially if you work or have a kid. I mean, I, do people who have kids and stream? I'm like kudos to you. Because that's got to be tough. Yeah, the people that, you know, go to school, have a job, and then try to find time to stream, I'm like, wow. Yep. You, 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 got, you got all kind of things going on that are <laughs> way more important than streaming. But, hey, if you want to you wanna jump out there, go for it. <laughs> it's like, that's uh, like, it's like people I went to school with, man, that, you know, I went to high school with. Because I don't, I don't talk to anyone I went to college with, but people I went to, uh, well, I talked to one person I went to college with. But anyways, um, I talked to them. They're like, yeah, I got married. I have you know, I have a four-year-old, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, I just sit at home and play video games in my free time. I guess we're about <laughs> even. It's, it's not not even, but like, I guess we're about the same, you know? It's like uh, my stream's four years old almost. Does that count? <laughs> you know? It's like it's, – it's just a weird feeling. I, I talked about this uh, – before but like a problem i've had uh with streaming i don't know if you've experienced this is like comparing yourself to to other streamers and and thinking like they're here or you know they're at this place or they get this many viewers or they you know whatever why it's like what am i doing wrong that i'm not in that that position or that or that place you know all the time really okay all the time it's one of those self-doubt things that I think broadcasters uh, struggle with, and I struggle with it myself. I try not to look at numbers because I'm an obsessive. In my in my corporate career, right before I started streaming, I was a numbers guy, right? I needed mm. to know how much of this we had on hand, how much I had coming in to replace it, how much was going out, how much was being sold. You know, I, I had to know all those numbers. Yeah, you were always looking at the numbers. <laughs> I was always looking at numbers. That was my job to look at numbers and know, you know, if somebody called and said, oh, I need, you know, I need a thousand gallons of this particular color and I need this and I need this. And then I got to look at, you know, how much is in stock? What am I going to, how am I going to replenish it when I got to make this special batch? You know, there were lots of things to juggle around. So I know me and I know if I start looking at numbers, like comparing myself to any streamer out there, and you know, I will I will obsess over it, and I will I will just beat myself up over it, like I'm I'm sucking, I'm I'm terrible, I'm I'm not good. Why am I doing this? You know, I'll have that self doubt. So I try not to look at those numbers. And today, somebody came into the came into the channel and and said uh well you did this and that's this and that's this and they spouted some numbers in the chat and i said well thanks oh my god i appreciate you doing that but you know was it like a was it someone you knew or like yeah it's somebody i knew oh my gosh i feel and like some... but i just said thanks and i said you know i'm i'm really not interested in those numbers I appreciate that. And he said, well, that's kind of, that's really special. And I said, well, it's special because you think it's special. I don't think it's special. I just think it's something I do and that I'm having fun doing. I don't need to quantify it. I don't need to label it. It's just, you know, what it was was he was talking about how many hours I had in 
Division One, how many hours I'd streamed Division One, and it was a <laughs> why would they what large number? Evidently, yeah. you can look it up on a broadcaster if you bring somebody's page up. You can look. Did that not know that. Up. That's really cool. I, I think that's interesting. Yeah, but it, I wouldn't. Yeah. It's not something I would go after and go, hey, look, this person did this and it's this many hours. And, you know, I that's not that's not a number I I would really. I'm not really interested in. Yeah. The reason I wouldn't do something like that is because I feel like even if it was unintentional or like uh, subconscious, you're kind of like implying even like even if you're playing, you know, the division two or something like that, it's like you're kind of implying like. Or the way I would look at it is like you're basically saying I should go back to playing either that game or its sequel or, you know, that I've fallen from grace or I don't know. That's just the kind of way I would take it. That's why I, I, I wouldn't want to bring it up to someone because I wouldn't want them to think I was saying that it, it's right. I wouldn't want to take I wouldn't want to make somebody feel bad about where they were and what they had been exactly. doing and all that kind of thing. You know, I and that's just the way I think I wouldn't even. If I knew a number about another broadcaster that was good, bad, or indifferent, I wouldn't even bring it up. It yeah, just wouldn't let even them come bring out it of up. my mouth. And if they chose to bring it up, I probably wouldn't even comment about it. Even if I knew about it, I wouldn't even comment about it just because that's their time and their moment to talk about it and just talk about how they feel about it in that particular moment and let them have their moment to talk about it. Good, exactly. bad, or indifferent and move on. You know, it, I, I understand that people want to quantify things and that people want labels and, and, you know, uh, this person's number one in the directory of, of division or destiny or Fortnite or whatever. I get that. I understand that Twitch is a popularity contest. I get that. But, at the same time, for me, for just from my perspective, I have to keep myself grounded in, I want to have fun and play video games with friends and talk to my channel. That's yeah. where I leave it. That's and all that other stuff. Probably once a month, my wife will ask me, hey, how's things going and blah, blah, blah. And then we'll sit down and we'll look at the numbers and she, she kind of understands how the numbers work now. So we'll talk about it a little bit once a month, maybe. Yeah. Other than that, I don't look at numbers. I don't, it, it's not about that for me anymore. It, it just isn't. And it can't be because I feel like if I'm paying attention to numbers and that kind of thing, then I'm You're losing, not. Yep. I'm losing the, the, Essence. I'm losing myself, that sense of me, that that genuine Tony feeling when people come into my channel and want to sit down and have a conversation with me. If I'm if I'm too worried about numbers, I'm losing that genuine Tony thing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you're if you're focused on the numbers, you're focused on, you know, oh, last stream I had this many people, this stream I have this many people. You're not going to be focused on the people that are there and the people that are engaging you and stuff like that. And I, I can speak on that firsthand. I mean, at least that's that's how it was for me. Like, I went through a period. I've gone through this period a couple times. But, you know, where I get, like, really depressed about my stream, you know, quote-unquote, not performing well or whatever it may be. And it's like, yeah, you may only have 10 people watching you, but, like, those 10 people are watching. You know, are, they're there. So it's like, just be there with them and, you know, stuff like that. And 
I feel like it makes you more appreciative for the people that are there, you know, however many people that may be, uh, rather than, cause you know, it's like, I'd rather have 10, 20, 30, whatever it may be X number of like people that, you know, regularly show up rather than like a hundred new people every stream. I think I feel yeah. like that would get I very mean, tiring and the, there's no community the people there. that show up yeah. in my channel every day, day in, day out, uh, the regulars, let's call them. Um, those people, those are people I, I talk to them, you know, some of them before work. I talk to them, you know, while they're at work, I talk to them after they come back from lunch. Mm -hmm. And then I talk to them, you know, after they get home, sometimes if I'm streaming late and, you know, they're on the East coast, I'm on the West coast. If I'm streaming till, if I keep streaming till like three, four, five o'clock in the afternoon, they're home and having dinner and I'm still on. And they're like, Hey, I'm still hanging out with Tony. I've had a whole Tony day. So, you know, I'm with those people throughout their entire day sometimes. So those moments and those experiences and the, the bond that you build with those people, um, whether they're in my channel for an hour, two hours, six hours, um, eight hours, whatever the time frame will be, that bond is what's important. Yeah. That, that, that conversation that, and I, I have a pretty good memory. So I tend to remember, you know, somebody in my channel saying, oh, my kid was sick last week. And if I don't see him for a couple of days, almost the first thing out of my mouth when I see them the next time is, hey, how's it going? Hey, by the way, you said your your son was sick. How's he doing? Everything, is he all good? Everything good? Oh yeah, he's good. Oh yeah, you remembered that. Yeah, I remembered that. So, you know, those kind of bonds, that kind of engagement is more important than, I'm sorry, it's more important to me than any number. Yeah. Um, we kind of, we kind of got on this subject when we were talking about, uh, you know, like things that you remember about your stream and <clears throat> stuff like that. It's funny because I, the, uh, one of the reasons I do try to focus on engagement now more than anything and, and kind of, I don't want to say tempering myself because I don't think I have to temper myself anymore. It would, I, I would, I would call myself a tempered version compared to what I used to be, but I remember a lot of the bad things that have happened on my stream compared. I don't, I don't know if you've had experiences like that, but like, I mean, I remember one time, like I got in like a screaming match with someone that I was playing with and it was like on stream. It was bad. Uh, now this was like during the first year that I was streaming. I think it's funny because I feel like I've changed. How, when, when did we meet? Did we meet like two years ago? Uh, roughly two, two and a half, something like that. Yeah, because I remember, I remember I would get up and be up at like midnight my time. And I'd and still be playing. On, you'd yeah. be playing. You'd be running survival. I'd still be playing. And I'd, was... be, I'd hang out in your channel and then take off and go, you know, go yeah. start my day up and about 3 a.m. my time. So I'd, I'd be with you for a good two and a half, three hours. Bro. Whatever time I woke up. I have to tell you, you have one of the craziest schedules that I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know if I, I, I know I've said something to you before about it, but man, when I, uh, you're, you start at 3 a.m., which is yeah. nuts. Well, how did you get on that schedule? 
so uh in my corporate job right i live about an hour and a half two hours away from where i worked uh so every day i would get up at three and have come down you know after i took my shower or whatever got ready come down fix myself something to eat and turn on some music or you know the weather or the news or whatever for a little bit and then jump on the freeway about 4 to 4:30 somewhere in there and then that that got me to work about between that that got me to work so i'd beat the traffic you know going down into san diego i would beat most of the traffic and i'd get to work right as traffic was getting ugly so it got me to work about a half hour to 45 minutes early. So then I could go to my desk, sit down, have a cup of coffee, pop open my email, listen to voicemails, make notes, and try to figure out what my priorities were for first thing in the morning and then go from there. So I got used to doing that once I got on that schedule. Because I used to live in San Diego, right? And mm-hmm. then when I worked, I when before we bought this house, um, I was only like, maybe 15 minutes away from work so you know i'd roll out of bed take a shower jump in the car be to work 15 minutes later no big deal well now two hours you know possibly it can take up to two hours depending and don't let there be an accident it could be even longer um i just got into the mindset of of getting up that early and and being there and then when i when i left that that type of that habit was just there and i just kept doing it um and uh, along the way i had back pain and that kind of thing that kind of kept me awake uh, i would go to bed about you know 8 30 9 o'clock and i'd be up at 12 12 30 1 o'clock because my back was just so uncomfortable i couldn't sleep so yeah. i'd just get up and you know come downstairs and turn on the pc and hey there's neil <laughs> <laughs> you know so. now you i know you were in the military mm-hmm how how long were you in? Did you serve? Eighty three to eighty nine. So oh, six okay, years. six years. Okay. Um, do you think being in the I know I know a big part of the military is obviously having structure and discipline. Do you think being in the military helped you both in your corporate ex, corporate life and then now streaming to have like discipline? You know, on I'm gonna like kind of like what you were saying. You got to work a whole thirty thirty to forty five minutes early. Uh, and you know, streaming, you, you get up at the same time every day and you're, I don't, I don't see you cancel streams very often. So like, do you think that helped you have that discipline to do those things? It's a good thing and a bad thing. I mean, um, it's a good thing when you look at the structure, like saying, okay, I don't see you cancel streams that often. I get up seven days a week and I stream seven days a week. That's just what I do. Um, it can be a bad thing in, you know, we talked about time management with, you know, family and friends and that kind of thing. So if one of the reasons I stream so early is by the time my wife gets up on the weekend, on her weekend days off, I'm almost done streaming. Nice. Yeah. So, so that way I can spend time with her or exactly. if we have to go down to San Diego and see family or if we got something else to do. I have time to do that because if I streamed a normal like nine to five, nine to five or eight to five, I'd be stuck, right? I would have to cancel streams here, there and everywhere. But if I start earlier, 
I still have that time throughout the day. If she needs me to run errands while she's at work, then I can do that, right? I have that time and, and flexibility to be able to do that. That was one of the big reasons um, that I chose that particular time slot and that I'm used to being awake anyway. Yeah, but I feel like that definitely helps. Do you think, do you think your time slot had... Uh, not influence, but do you think it had it was a factor in you getting partnered? Like, do you think streaming at that time slot helped you, or you know, or did it hold you back? You think when it kind of overall, I think it hurts my hurts my channel to be honest. Just because a lot of people aren't awake, I would say, yeah. Because I mean, there's very few people on in the American America side of the house that are awake and up that early unless you worked at third shift and you're just getting home or whatever, whatever yeah. that case may be. There's not a lot. So I, I think overall it, it probably hurt my channel um, and it stunted my channel's growth a little bit, but I like this particular time slot. And I, I, I'm actually thinking about changing it a little bit just because um, with the, like now I want to get up and I want to go for a bike ride in the morning, right? And get my yeah. morning started and do that kind of thing. So, and sometimes there's updates and stuff. And by the time when I get up, when I get up at two and come down here, take my shower and I come into my office and start turning things on and there's updates all over the place. Then I'm like, oh crap, I need these updates done before I can start. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd like a little more time maybe to maybe do that. So I'm, I talked to my channel about it and we're, We'll see if I actually make a move or not. But even if I do, it's it's not going to be super drastic. It'd be like you start um, at four or five instead of three. Yeah, I might start at five, maybe six at the latest yeah. to start, and then go to like noon, three o'clock at the latest, and then still I mean, have doing, time to if, do stuff. If you're doing seven days. Wait, so how, wait, do you stream? How long do you, you stream? Starting at three, what time do you end normally? Typically between. It depends on how I'm feeling and what's going on. If I'm if my back is feeling okay, then I'll stream uh, till nine ten o'clock. If I'm feeling really good, then I can stream till noon one two, depending. Oh, okay. But typically, I try to keep it. I try to do a minimum of a six hour stream. That's still forty two hours a week. That's yeah. uh, that's a good chunk of time, man. I mean, granted, you're not working right now because you're retired, but like. That's still, uh, I feel like, I've, I've heard actors and comedians talk about this, you know, even though it's a craft that you love, so streaming would be the craft in this sense, it's a craft that you love, it still kind of probably feels like a job at certain points, you know, and it, I, for me, it has taken the fun out of video games a little bit, but it's also added back in in different areas, you know, um, like, for instance, I, I have this thing where I don't like to play video games off stream because mm -hmm. I feel like I'm, like, withholding content or something. Um, but on the flip side, it's like you get to share these these experiences with so many people. And right. Share those moments. and Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's – because I remember we – I used to play online. <clears throat> like, I would I would just sit and chat, like, a chat room with my friends and, like, be playing, like, a single-player game. And I would just be like, oh, this thing just happened. But they couldn't see it because it's like I wasn't streaming. And it's such a cool thing when you can have evidence of this cool thing that happened and you can share that with people. Uh, and then you know, they get to see it live or happen and it happens with you. It's 
that's the thing I love that gets added back into video games because you can't you couldn't get that any other way, you know? Yeah, the the participation in the event. Yes. Um um is huge because when you do that thing, especially in, if it's something you're not comfortable with, <laughs> which has happened to me quite a bit, um in some of the some of the like I'm playing Star Wars Fallen Order right now mm-hmm. as well. Great game by the way. Yeah, great game. Uh some of it's been a little like out of my comfort zone, you know, so it's like, okay, I'm going to try this, let's do this, let's do that. And then you get it and then chat's all GG's, good job, you know, yeah. and I'm like, you know, that kind of thing. That that type of participation is great. Um it, it's interesting you said you don't play games off stream cuz I do. I still play games. I don't stream. like to play games off stream. I do it. I do. Um, well, like for instance, there's, and what I was kind of even more so saying is like, do you do you play whole games off stream? Like, is there a game that you've completed since you started streaming that you didn't stream at all? No. Okay. No. I, every game I play, I play has been on my stream at some point or okay. another. Okay, that's kind of what I was getting at. I mean, I still play like Destiny and stuff off stream. But, you know, I have a, a catalog uh, of <laughs> single-player games that I, I want to start playing through. And I've had the urge to start them off-stream sometimes. And I'm like, why would I do that, you know? Uh, I am going to start playing more of them on-stream, though, because I am kind of getting burnt out with Destiny right now. Just I've been playing a lot of it, and I've kind of done everything that's in the game. So... I'm going to start playing more, but I, that's kind of what I was saying. It's like, I don't like to, I, I wouldn't want to play a whole game off stream. Like, you know, I wouldn't want to get the new, uh, I would like a Jedi fallen order. I wouldn't get that and, you know, play it off stream. And then you should be like, Hey, this game's great. Sorry. You guys didn't get to watch any of it. Uh, well, if I did do something like that, I'd put it on my YouTube. Channel. Yes. And I, I go, I go, Hey, this is a special content. We're going to try something different and we're going to take this game and I'll just put up, you know, hour-long segments of this game on my YouTube channel, and it'll be there for you guys to watch and react to and all that. And then you can let me know how you like that, if you like that kind of thing, if I should keep doing that, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. And I, I thought of that. that. Yeah, that, That's something I thought of, is to, like, take a game and go, okay, uh, this is going to be on my YouTube channel in, like, an hour-long segments, you know, first part, second part, third part, however long it takes to do certain things and different things or whatever and just see how it goes i mean just try it i mean who knows whether it'd work or not but you know if it if if people liked it then i'd keep doing it if they didn't like it then i go okay well we'll put it on the channel and you know add it into the mix yeah i've I've thought of that before and i think the only reason i didn't do it was because my youtube isn't really that big and i it just felt kind of like superfluous to me. Like, hey, I know I normally stream video games, but I put this on YouTube. So if you want to watch it, you know, like, I'm sending you to a different. I and I know that's what YouTube is for, and I know why, you know, it would why it would be smart to do it. I just, I just felt kind of weird about doing it. I guess I don't know. I've I've really odd feelings about stuff sometimes that, you know, it's like why wouldn't I just stream it? You know, uh, if I'm gonna play it anyways. But I do, I will well, say. If there were like five different games out and you wanted to, you know, what you say, this one was super important for you to stream and this one was 
kind of important for you to stream and then this one wasn't that important but you still wanted to play it you know that la that third one down there you could go hey i can put this on youtube and then tell people okay this is what i did i put this on youtube blah 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 you can check it out there and tell me how you liked it and blah 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 that's a you know yeah that's a good way to put it i really like that i think that kind of makes sense because, because like, always there's always going to be a new game right exactly so that third game might get shuffled down to now it's the seventh game yeah that's kind of you you know then you then you never really get to that seventh game because now there's a new number one number two number one number two number three number one and then number five goes oh well that's now important so now that's number one yep. you know? so you know that might be another way to and that's kind of what I'm thinking. There's a couple games that I that I'm looking at that I'm like, you know, I could just play that, put a half hour, an hour, not something too terribly long, but something small, an hour, half hour on YouTube and see how it goes and just throw a chapter of this and a chapter of that and a chapter of this and see what happens, you know. Yeah. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it it ain't it ain't hurting nothing. That's you true. Know. Um Speaking of games, have you played the Witcher th series at all? The only one I played, the only one I've touched is uh, Witcher Three. Okay, and that's such a huge game. I didn't even get through it. Um, yeah, I, should... I started it, and I, I would need to restart that game if I was going to play it now. Well, that's that's actually what my plan is. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna finish Jedi Fallen Order, and then I think I'm gonna restart Witcher Three because the the series that's coming out in December, the Witcher series. Have you have you watched the trailer for that? No, I have not. It so at first, so I'll tell you who they cast as, as Geralt. So so get the image of Geralt in your head real quick. Mm -hmm. They casted Henry Cavill from um, Superman. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah, when I heard that, I was like, he seems a little bit too pretty boy, you know, for the role. And then, like, these initial, <clears throat> initial like, photos came out, and I'm like, oh, this looks terrible. And I was like, They're it's going to bomb. The trailers, dude, look amazing. <laughs> like, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, the, if you watch the most recent one, I think it came out, I believe it came out on, uh, on, uh, not Thanksgiving, uh, Halloween, and uh, it looked very good. I think... I think the I think Netflix actually put some money into it and it, it makes it look really good. So I'm excited for it. That's and that's that's kind of what's rekindled my my vigor to play replay the the number three. I've never played one or two like you, you know, but I have three in all the expansions on PC. And I remember I played it on Xbox. I don't know forever ago. I think when it came out, maybe I play. I, I was like, I'm gonna play this on the hardest difficulty. <laughs> I mean, I like challenging myself. That is one thing I do pride myself in is I think I am pretty adequate at most video games that I play. So I, I like to challenge myself, and I will say it kicked my ass for a good four hours. Like, I was dying to just regular monsters. <laughs> and then you kind of get the battle system down, or, you know, after you learn how to parry and learn, you know, kind of the role and stuff and how to uh, not let them, like, surround you. That's a big thing that they do in that game. They love to surround you. It was it was That's tough, fire. though. I think if I replay it, though, I'm just going to play it on, like, normal. Because <laughs> it, 
That's what I played it on. I played it on normal, especially games that I have no idea what, like, you know, I'm learning a whole new combat system. I'm learning a whole new magic system, a new spell casting system. I'll play that stuff on normal. I'm not trying to beat myself up all all day. And that that kind of makes, to me, that makes games not fun. Like the, the Dark Souls type style of game and that type of thing, those type of mechanics, I'm just not into that. That just, for me, makes it feel like I'm slogging through a game rather yes. than commenting on it and having a good time and playing it with, you know, with chat and all that. Yeah, I, I'm on the fence about it because I have that. I hold that opinion basically. Like, what other than the the other than the purpose of having that challenge and and feeling that accomplishment? You know, if you do beat it on like a really hard difficulty, in the end, kind of what you said, how how much time am I gonna waste to get that accomplishment, and will it will the accomplishment outweigh? the time that I wasted or the feeling like you said of being slogging through it or, you know, I did that with God of War actually, which was the dumbest thing ever. I, I had never played a single God of War game and this most recent God of War game. Have you played it by chance? I played some of it. I never finished it, but I did play some of it. So I think it's one of the best games I've ever played. I, I would highly recommend finishing it if you haven't. It's, I loved it, but I started it on the hardest difficulty. (laughs) The combat system is unlike any other I've ever played. I mean, obviously, like, you know, over the shoulder and, like, rolling and stuff I'm used to, but the the axe throwing along with, like, you know, using it to trip up enemies and you have to, like, de- debilitate them, you know, and disable them and kind of uh, crowd control them and, you know, fight them off one at a time. And it's it's such a different gameplay than any other, like, fighter that I've played, you know, because Dark Souls even is typically one-on-one and it's more about like parry and timing and, you know, just landing your shots when you can, but God of War was dude, when you play on the hardest difficulty they do not care about your life. (laughs) It's, they want you to quit the game. I mean, it is, it is tough. I have thought about going back and replaying it on the hardest difficulty because I had such a great time and I think the combat is honestly some of the best that I've ever played. Like, I think Jedi Fallen Order is actually, it doesn't rival it per se. I think God of War is still a little bit better in, in certain areas because it's it was so innovative. But Jedi Fallen Order, I think the combat's really good in too. And I, that's why I didn't play it on the hardest difficulty because I'm like, I don't want to get my ass kicked. I don't think that's fun. You know, kind of what you were saying. It's Yeah, it's cool to play on the hardest difficulty and beat it on that, but... I'd rather just not waste that time, you know? I'd rather feel like I'm having fun. Exactly. I'm not. And talking about God of War, you know that's like one of my favorite franchises of all time, right? No, I did not know that. I've played every God of War game there is. And, man, I I played so much God of War. I I tell this story on my channel, and and, uh, my wife gets a kick out of it because it... It happened on a weekend. Um, it was a Friday night, and I came home. And uh, at the time, I used to drink uh, Captain Morgan and Coke, right? So I would yeah. make a drink and sit down and turn on the God of War. 
and okay, we're going to be here till we get past this. I was, <laughs> I always had a goal. Okay. I'm going to get to this. And like then that. if I made that goal, you know, I would just keep going and keep going and keep going. Well, I had gotten up and made quite a few drinks and just fell asleep and I'm under <laughs> a blanket. I have the controller in my lap under a blanket because I'm cold, right? So I have the blanket like up to my shoulders. So only my head's sticking out of this blanket. My hands are in, in my lap with the controller. The TV is is black screen with red letters saying you are dead pulsating on the screen. And my wife came out to go to work the next morning. And it was Saturday morning. She had to work and I didn't. And I'm just sitting there in the in my chair, sleep with my head down and it you know the tv's pulsing you are dead you are dead you are dead she laughed her ass off for you know weeks <laughs> and weeks over that and that's a that's a picture perfect I, I oh wish, yeah she didn't i'm glad she didn't i wish we had that, that picture man <laughs> like are you referring to my character or me on the couch which one are we talking about here yeah she goes she goes i looked at you and i looked at the tv and I looked at you, and you just started dying laughing, and that's what woke me up. Like, what? What? You know, man. <laughs> I've, I, I don't. You know those, uh, the memes you see where it's like, you're not a real streamer, and it's got like the clapping hands. Oh right? yeah, yeah. So it's like, imagine that. I definitely don't think you're a real gamer unless you've fallen asleep playing video games. <laughs> you know, because honestly, I feel like everyone I know has done that. Oh, at some point. I mean, yeah. I used to play World of Warcraft till all hours of the night and get like two hours of sleep and get up and go to work. I know that life. Working hour day. And you then, know, good. You know, and then we would be talking. The guys I played World of Warcraft with, I worked with. Oh. So we were all, <laughs> we would be talking about World of Warcraft all at day work. at work. And then it got so bad, my friend Bill. Uh, we would bring our laptops to work and then go to the Starbucks down the street and sit in Starbucks and do heroic dungeons for lunch what a nerd. and then go back to work and then, okay, uh, I'm out of here. I'll be on about, uh, I'll be on about five 30. We got to go do some shopping and then I'll be on about five 30, six o'clock at the latest. He go, yeah, I got to take the kids to dance and uh yeah that that should work out and then we'd be on about six o'clock and then we'd be on till about one two in the morning and then you know i'd go to sleep and get up at five and have to be at work at six and you know that's back when i lived in san diego and i was only 15 minutes away from work boop, boop. very nice I, <laughs> I so i are you familiar with final fantasy 11 I'm not familiar with all the Final Fantasy games, but I know of them. So, Final Fantasy XI was one of the first MMOs. It actually predates WoW. Uh, it came out in between WoW and EverQuest. And it's very different from WoW. It's still an MMO in the sense that it has, like, tanks, DPS, and healers, and, you know, you have spells and stuff. It's All that's the same, but the structurally and UI, it was very different. I played that from when I was... 14 so I would have that would have been 20 2003 I, I almost said I almost said 2003 I know um so I started playing that in like 2003 and it was like you know well into its expansions and I played that till I was 19 
I, by the, so that was five years. By the time that I quit the game, I had a year of logged time on the game. Wow. Yeah. I, we, we went hard in the paint on it, man. But you know, what's funny. MMOs are very humbling experiences. I was, even by the time I was done, I was not that good. Not, not nearly as, I think I'm pretty good at MMOs now because I've played Final Fantasy 14 quite a bit and I played, I didn't play well, but I've, I've gotten a lot better, but when I first started Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 11, granted I was 14, so I was a kid. I was terrible. Like it took me a year to get my first max job, like or or class or whatever. It was granted it was Japanese based and like stereotypically speaking, dude, Japanese people do not fuck around when it comes to like difficulty of video games. The reason 11 was so hard is because Japanese culture is very community based. So to level, you couldn't just queue up for a dungeon finder. You had to like build a party and go somewhere and just kill shit. There were no dungeons. <laughs> wow. So like to get from like so the max level when I was playing was 70 mm-hmm. or 75 it was 75, sorry. Uh you would start at level 1 and just to get from like 1 to 10, you'd have to play probably four hours which dude i mean it was like to get to to, like even if you have like a like like all the equipment and stuff you need because like you know unlike these newer mmos you can't just go to a you couldn't just go to a vendor and buy like decent gear like to, to level you to like actually level efficiently you had to have crafted gear which costs money and it was it was tough. Uh, like I said, it took me a, a year to get my first seventy five, and then obviously once you have a, a max level job, you can you can do things in the game to get money easier, so it makes leveling easier, etc. But um, the reason I bring that up is because I feel like a lot of people that play the two games we play the most, which is Destiny Two or just Destiny and Division. I see people complain or like, you know, whatever. And I'm like, you don't know what hard is. You don't know what grinding is. You never played an MMO. This is like MMO light. (laughs) Yeah, really. I mean, when you think of like, when you think of Burning Crusade and uh, Wrath of the Lich King, uh, the early days of World of Warcraft, it, it took you forever to, to, get gold oh yeah and to to you know when you had five gold you were rich (laughs) (laughs) well we're seeing that now with wild classic yeah people are understanding that now with with the whole wild classic thing revitalized and all that Mm -hmm. um but it took a long time to get things and to do things and you had to be a team player you had to learn your particular job whether you were a uh melee dps um uh spell dps or whatever you had to know your job and know it pretty damn well so you had to learn you know and get your butt kicked over and over and over and over and over till you figured out oh this is what i need to do at this time this is what i you had to learn the mechanics of the fights and you know there wasn't youtube (laughs) <laughs> yeah you there know? weren't guides there weren't yeah there weren't guides it was just you know 
experience. You know, you went in with a tank and a healer that kind of knew the fight and could talk about, okay, this fight, this guy does this, this guy does this. And then when we, when, uh, when, uh, when you would get to this area, he's going to do this and I'm going to spin him around. I need everybody to move to the right because an AOE is going to come out and kill you if you're on the left, you know, all all that kind of stuff. You had to have people that had experience. If you didn't and you went in there cold, you just wiped and wiped and wiped and wiped. Or you had to like, or you had to like kind of sherpa them. I remember we, so in Final Fantasy 11, I mentioned it was really community based. You had like, you would like share, you know, strats with people, uh, and kind of tell them like, yeah, we found this boss was a lot easier if you did this, but you had to like talk to them and tell them how to do things that you, I mean, you would, YouTube was kind of around in 2003, 2004, but I mean, it was, I mean, it was, I think it just came around out in 2003. I can't remember, but, um, you couldn't, oh yeah, YouTube didn't start until 2005, um, and even wow. then, it, it didn't catch on for a couple of years. Because I remember, I graduated in high school in two thousand seven. I don't even, I don't think YouTube was that big when I graduated. I don't believe it was. Anyways, uh, yeah, like we had to like tell people like this is our strat. You know, we do this, we do this, and we would we would even you know. So, uh, the way it was set up is there were servers like every MMO has. Well, typically most servers had two to three top, they were called link shells or guilds, and Mm -hmm. if you knew one guild was getting clears on a boss you were having trouble with, you would just go to that area and watch them do the fight and see, like, how are they handling this mechanic that we're failing, or, you know, what what is so special about their gear or something, you know, what what setup are they using? That was a big thing, is like, you know, are they using this type of tank, are they using this one, Uh, stuff like that. And it was kind of cool that you could spectate that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, because all of it, most of it was open world. There were very few fights in Final Fantasy XI that were instanced. Okay, okay. And I, I think the first thing that ever was instanced was it was this uh, thing called it was called Einherjar. It was a kind of it was a Norse word, I believe. And you got to fight Odin, if I remember correctly, as the final fight. Um, but. Yeah, so most of it was open world. So if you knew that their clear time was 4 a.m., you would probably send one or two people out there to go watch them if they were up. and you, Or you would just know that they were gathering because you would see 18 people out there. <laughs> wow. Okay. And, I mean, it was it was nuts, man. Uh, you had it, to be a student of the game then. You know? Oh, indeed. It was... Especially for the Japanese uh, guilds, because I don't know what it was about that game. They just did they did so many di- things different than like American guilds would. Like I mean, they would both. I mean, Japanese people were, t- were typically better at the game by a you know small margin, and they did stuff so what's the word unorthodox. Like they <laughs> like leveling you know like your final five levels or doing what was what was called merit parties, which were when you hit max level, you could get these things called merits or like kind of like upgrade points for your class, mm-hmm. they would find the most weird places to do them because there were typically two or three places that everyone would go to, you know, like the the prime spots. But, I mean, you would get into a Japanese party and, you know, they would... they would There was this function in the game that 
really like called auto translate. So I could type the word hello, hit tab, and this little auto translate would come up. And it would what it would do is it would put in these like red and green parentheses, and it would show me hello, the word hello in, in English, but it would appear to them as hello in whatever their language was selected on the game. Oh, okay. Um, so it was very. It made the communication between, you know, the, it kind of eliminated that language barrier a little bit. So you could get into a Japanese party and kind of use auto-translate and understand one another, which was very cool. Um, I mean, again, this, this is the game that came out, you know, before WoW, so it was a little bit that's ahead like, of its time. That's like earth-shaking right there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so nice, especially for games where you know you're going to play with people from other other countries that speak different languages. But, I mean, they would go to these the most unorthodox places, and they would just get like the same results. And I'm like, dude, how? Like, they're just on a different level. <laughs> um, but uh, it it was nuts, man. How long did you play WoW? Ooh, way too long. Um... <laughs> that's that's the right answer. <laughs> too, too, fu- too fucking long. Oh man. And I, I went straight from WoW to Diablo, so that that's oh, kind of tells you how stupid I am. Um. <laughs> but I mean, MMOs, I think it's kind of like a it's you know crucible that you have to make your way through. And I think if you stick with it, it's it makes you appreciate grind like how easy certain grinds are. You know, like especially in Destiny or Division, I'm like these aren't real grind. I mean, like no, these aren't grinding. <laughs> I do think. Some things in Destiny Division are a little bit unneeded sometimes, but that's besides the point. Um, you mentioned Diablo. We'll we'll close the podcast out. You've watched the Diablo Four trailer, right? Yes. So I'm probably gonna know like the game. Yes. Uh, yes, a hundred percent. That's gonna be. So I watched the the nine minute trailer. I was like, this could be a this, make this a movie. I'll pay for it. You know, I like you want my thirteen, fifteen dollars, take it. You can have it. <laughs> like I've always said if you go back and look at all the cinematics that Blizzard has done through all their games, they could put out full feature movies on every game they produce. Yeah. As long Easily. as it's animated. And I would go watch them. <laughs> that that Warcraft movie. Did you watch the Warcraft movie? I never watched it. No, I did not. It didn't look. Did it looked super mediocre. I'm like, just make it all animated. Don't put real actors and mix it. I don't like that. But um, Diablo Four. Quick, uh, what are your just like gut reaction? What what class do you definitely want to be in the game? What class am I gonna play? Or no, what class would you other than the three they revealed? What class would you like for them to put in the game? Oh, hmm. I'm kind of curious. The druid class that they have is the one that I'm most curious about. Okay. Because the shape shifting, uh, the instant shape shifting looks awesome. Yeah, like when he like shape shifts into the bear and like charges forward. Yeah, and then he charges forward and again like. Oh, wow. Wait a minute. You're going to be able to do that? Oh, holy crap. Give me that. (laughs) I will say that guy. I am a barbarian at heart. I love brute warriors. I love. Now, if they put a paladin in the game, like a paladin type character like Crusader was, I love those too. 
Um, a character character ever. My it really was it was Paladin on yeah. what Diablo two. Uh, Diablo. Uh, well, Crusader in Diablo three. Oh, that was your first character ever. Okay, mm-hmm. so you didn't play Diablo two. No, never played Diablo two. Man, didn't Diablo. know anything about it. See, I am. I guess I think I'm in the minority on this. I think I thought Diablo two was better than Diablo three. Like, it just maybe I think it might be a nostalgia thing. You know, like it's kind of hard to compare two things, especially when they're separated by a large time gap. But I, I think a lot of it is that my cousin uh, Jake taught me to play Diablo two and kind of showed me the ropes, and I like foster that memory. But yeah, for Diablo four, man, I really hope Amazon is in. That was a it was a class from Diablo two. That was it was a bow based class. Don't think Demon Hunter. Think more like long bows and like you would you would hear the bow strum. You would be like boof boof like and it was. So it, think of the scoundrel in Diablo three, basically, because that's the only kind of bows he can use. The scoundrel. I don't. Wait, which character is yeah, that? Yeah. The the uh, your helper guy that runs around behind yes. you. Yes. Yeah, yes. 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 Scoundrel. Yes. Sorry, I was like, wait, which class is this? Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot like that, but they were more like, they were all, they were obviously always girls or women, and they were a lot about, like, running fast, and you could get these, like, multi-arrow perks, uh, and it, what it did is remind me of those games, you remember, like, those arcade games, I don't know what the t- the genre is called, but you would start off with, like, a ship, and you would shoot one bullet, and then you would, you know, you, it would be like a helicopter or something that you're flying, and then you would kill something, and you get, like, a small upgrade, now it's shooting two bullets. Then eventually you're just shooting this widespread spray of bullets, <laughs> but you're fighting. It's like oh, it's it's basically like a bullet uh bullet hell gun a game, but you're you're in a ship, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were there were a lot of different side scrollers that that uh started out that way. You could only have one bullet on screen at first. Yeah, and you timed it so you the, as soon as your bullet hit the target, you fire another one real quick so it and would these get were, that one out there. These were kind of like the Galaga. Games were like that. Yeah, this, yeah, Galaga was similar. Galaga is similar. Yeah, these were you. You were always flying up the screen instead of like side, side to side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know what it was. I loved those games, man. Um, I think I think it was a lot of like the feeling of like upgrading your guns over and over. But yeah, uh. That was something Amazon reminded me of because you could get these like light imbued arrows with like, and you would just be shooting. I mean, I'm telling you, like 50 arrows a second, dude. You'd be like, oh, wow. You would be like, kruf, kruf. but they wouldn't do that much damage because it was for ad clearing. And then for bosses, right. you what was really cool is like, uh, you could shoot, uh, you know, like a really big arrow, but the, the, you know, time in between the arrows were a little bit longer. But yeah. I think Diablo 4 is going to be great. Um, I'm definitely going to no-life it with you. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Looking forward to it. Definitely. Well, Tony, I think I'm going to wrap it up, man. Thank you again for being here. Guys, if you don't follow Tony, make sure you check him out on Twitch and Twitter. He's one of the nicest people you ever meet. As long as you're not a dick. Uh, don't be a dick, right, Tony? That's I know that's yeah. one of your favorite things. Don't be a dick. <laughs> But Tony, thank you so much for being here, man. And uh, everyone, thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I'll see you guys next time. Thank you for having me.